Hello, and welcome to another episode of Bible Study from Agape Fellowship, where we read and study the Word of God verse by verse. In this episode, we will start with chapter 4, where Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tested. God tests every one of us like a refiner, but it's a wonder why the Son of God had to go through the same process as us. Let's dig into the scripture to find out what God's plan in this is. We pray that the answer will be a blessing to know. Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now, I want to ask a question. Um, it's an open question. I, want, I would like for you to comment. Why temptation in the wilderness? Why? What's the purpose? Did he have to be tested just like all of us? Yes. <laughs> That's true. What else? It represented the journey of the children of Israel in the wilderness. This is true. That is also true. I didn't, so, hear, what he, I didn't hear what he said, but I think it's also to show his deity, how he has authority over the devil. That's also. Of his, beginning of his ministry. Right. He doesn't dispute anything that the devil says however he stands firm on the word from that point of view um, so um, let's jump into this and see why now this is very important for us to understand and this is very critical um, because I, I keep hammering at this that Christianity as a religion is a religion that was created outside of what God had intended. There was no such intention for God to set up a new religion. And so you're going to see that through and through. And this is one of those events. Um, if you look at the, the Gentile world, they would come up with a whole bunch of theories on why this is so and why it's not so. But let's dig into this deeper to understand why it is so. Why does Matthew, a Jewish Matthew, a gospel writer, write this specific event. And why does he go into all these details and why all of those things? And so this, tempt, uh, this temptation in the wilderness. In the scriptures, Jesus, we are told that Jesus stood in the place of first Adam as the last Adam. There's also another interesting piece that he stood in the place of Israel by Israel I mean the children of Israel or Israel as um, uh, the tribe of Israel tribe and Israel I mean Jacob I in that sense the children of Israel so when I refer to Israel think of one person and also the entire Jewish people Holy Spirit through Matthew's gospel demonstrates this this is why in chapter 2, he quotes in Isaiah, Out of Egypt shall my son be called. 
And so why does he do that? Just as Israel was called out of Egypt, so was Jesus. Just as Israel was called out of Egypt, so was Jesus. Just as Israel was baptized into Moses, so was Jesus baptized by John. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 to 4, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 to 4. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. These are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Notice, we read First Corinthians and we think oh, it's just a fable and good to know and move on. But no, let's hold on. Every word of God is inspired. Every portion is inspired. And so is this inspired by the Holy Spirit. We have to understand every jot and tittle in the Word of God means something. It is for our, it's our responsibility to dig deep into what does that mean. We may not understand it the first time, ask the Holy Spirit and He will give us wisdom and revelation. And here it is, one place where it says, they all passed through the cloud and through the sea and were all baptized into Moses. Baptism into Moses means two things. One, Everything that we understood in the last study of baptism is true. That is witnessing of a change of service unto God. What was the change that they were going through? They were, the Israel was a slave to Egypt. Out of bondage, God put with a strong and mighty arm, delivered Israel out of bondage. And then what was the next thing? They were going to serve God. Remember, those were the two portions that we saw. Uh, from baptism of repentance and the second part acceptance of the law in other words by the repentance we are saying something else in other words first thing that we're saying is I accept the law this is part two. First is everything we understood, that's witnessing a change and service unto God. The second aspect of it is what we are saying by the baptism of repentance, baptism of Moses, that baptism is what Israel is saying is this. I accept the law. I accept the law is righteous and that that law is what judges me and I have gone wrong based on that law it's that's the yardstick I felt short of the measure and hence I have sinned and so baptism or repentance two aspects of it by Jesus stating permitted to be so we just read it for thus it is fitting to fulfill all righteousness what is Jesus saying Jesus is saying I am accepting the baptism of Moses. In other words, I am accepting the law. That is the law and I am under the law. 
In other words, I will be obedient to that law. That's another witness. What's the point in a repentance if you don't accept that there's sin and how is it that you've sinned if there is no law? And so by Jesus doing that is implying for fulfillment. What does it say? To fulfill all righteousness. Now you get it, right? Fulfilling righteousness. He has come to fulfill righteousness. How can he fulfill righteousness if he didn't accept it? And so he fulfills it. Jesus is accepting the baptism of Moses or the law, and he was going to keep the law. And that is the second aspect of it. The baptism of repentance, not only is one repenting, but is also saying, henceforth, I shall keep the commandments of God. In Matthew chapter 5, it says, Do not think I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or tittle will by no means pass from the law until it's fulfilled. Question. What happened to the Jews after they left Mount Sinai? with the law you know the history now tell me what happened to the Jews you know the story anybody can answer that question what happened to the Jews after they got the law and after they left Mount Sinai they sinned well that's in a, in a general <laughs> sense yes yeah that's true. Are you talking about the breaking of the Ten Commandments or how they were in the wilderness for 40 years? All of them, yeah. I just want yeah. for you to say all of the, all those things. So I was asking, what does that happen? They were in the <laughs> wilderness, correct? Yeah. Folks, this got to be interactive, not I'm getting bored. <laughs> we got to do this more interactively. Um, but um, yes, they got the law and then Moses led them, they were led by Moses into the wilderness. To abbreviate everything, I would say they were in the wilderness for 40 years. Yes, oh. there were many other things that happened along the way, but let's cut short that when they finally finished all of that, it was 40 years past. But Anil, he, it seems to me the overriding reason was for God to purge that sinful generation because it says that that generation passed away or, or died in the wilderness and it was the youngsters such as Cain and, and uh, not Cain um, Caleb you mean but Caleb was an old man but yeah. uh, you're talking about Joshua and Joshua Joshua was an old people. man too but his next generation yes they were there to go into the promised land and to do the preliminary work the, the ones older than they were, were so, so well, they were, they were building the calf, golden calf, while Moses was up on a mountain. So That's true. All, all kinds of things happened. All kinds of things. So yes. he, he let the generation pass for the 40 years that they wandered through the wilderness. Correct. And I think that was a, a, a precursor to the cleansing of the tribes before they went into, the, into Canaan, the land of milk and honey. Let me, yes, that's all true, but I want to focus on something different. You, that's the end result of what I'm just about to speak. 
I'm sorry, say that again. Hey, Arnell? Yes. Len, I think the big problem with the, with the Hebrews at that time is they had too much Egypt in them, so that's why they, they, they so they kind of had the, the 40 years to get rid of that generation. All of that, both what you and Steve mentioned is true, uh, that one generation passed, but God's intention was something very different. Let's look at Deuteronomy 8, 1 to 3, shall we? Deuteronomy 8, 1 to 3. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these forty years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you known that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Just as Israel was tested in the wilderness, here was Jesus too going to be tested in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. You see, he had come to identify with his brother Israel. And so he had to. After the baptism, immediately the Holy Spirit brought him into the wilderness to be tested. Israel, after the baptism of Moses, got the law and immediately were in the wilderness for 40 years. You see the parallels? This is a repeat of what Israel couldn't do, Jesus was going to do. That is amazing, Anil. I never, never saw that. Really amazing. This is the difference between looking at it from a Gentile angle and from scripture alone. Scripture alone. We lose so much. Nels asked me, what's the crud? Sometimes our eyes are so blinded by the crud, we don't see the significance of what Jesus has done and what he means by these events. There was no reason for a wilderness testing, but because his brother failed, he was going to stand in his place. Because his brother couldn't keep up the law, he was going to stand in place of his brother. So now when we see the Israelites, you know, uh, actually Jesus did this to identify himself with the Jews, right? With the law and Jews, yes, yes. But uh, but when we uh, when we look at the Gospels, right? Uh, Jesus says that you know the gospel was first presented to the Jews; they did not accept it. So so the so it was presented to the Gentiles, right? So why did Jesus have to go through this when he knew that uh, you know Israel wouldn't accept them? Why didn't they have to take all these pains to identify with them? It's like if I were to say. Uh, if I, an event has taken place and, and after that, I say, you know what, hindsight is twenty twenty. That's what you're saying. Gee, I wish I had done it the other way. That's because you got hindsight. 
And so you have the opportunity to go back and do this analysis. But when you're right there, you're living life in its raw, in the way it is. You don't have any such analysis capability. However, hold on to that thought because we have a lesson from this. So um, let me bring that lesson back later. But I'm sure the Holy Spirit is already guiding you into that lesson part. And so, look, all of the all of the letter of Romans would make no sense to us if you don't understand this piece. None of what Paul says will make any sense to us other than superficial understanding if we don't understand the realities of this deep depth of what it means that he has taken on our our sins and that he stood what we what uh, Israel couldn't fulfill he fulfilled that he has come to fulfill the law we cannot understand those things and so let's let me continue thus Jesus just like Israel was tested in the wilderness here was Jesus too being tested for 40 days by the way just remember we forget the fact that this when Israel got the law it was the first time the law was codified the very first time God's law was codified in human history that is put in, put in a written format the laws were given to the Jews let's read Romans 9 1 to 5 shall we let's read Romans 9 someone take Romans 9 1 to 5 and someone else take Romans 3 1 to 1 and 2 I tell the truth in Christ, I am not lying, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit, that I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises of whom are the fathers and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all the eternally blessed God. Amen. Notice, to Jews belonged all these things. In other words, God gave all of these things to them. We don't realize that before the Jews came, before Mount Sinai event, nobody had anything. Everybody did what they wanted to do. Yes, God spoke to the, through his, his appearance to the prophets and, and through others, um, Moses and so on. Uh, things were handed to them in other ways. But for the first time, here was a wild tribe of uh, Jacob or Israel being given the law and saying, from now on, forget all the stuff that you learned in Egypt. This is the law. Let me be clear. This is the law. And so they were getting the law for the first time. Okay, Romans 3. What advantage then has the Jew? Or what is the profit of circumcision? Much in every way, chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God. To them were committed the oracles of God. In other words, God gave them all his words, his inspired word, and everything was given to the Jews. And so they had the law. When was the law given? As I mentioned, uh, at that Mount Sinai. 
And for that, it's a long chapter. You can read, if you want to make a note, read from Exodus 19 to 24, you will see that whole narrative of how they received the law and all the things um, that uh, happened during that giving of the law. Very interesting portions, 9 to 24 of Exodus, if you want to read it. Then, Jesus was led up, I'm back in Matthew chapter 4, uh, four uh, verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Notice again, just as God led the Israelites out of Egypt, so is the Holy Spirit leading Jesus out into the wilderness. Just as he was baptized, Israel was baptized, so was Jesus baptized. And just as Israel was in the wilderness 40 years, so was Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days. Just as God led Egypt out of, the, out of Egypt and went straight into the wilderness, it was the Holy Spirit that led Jesus out in the wilderness. Let's look at Exodus 13, 17 to 22. Exodus 13, 17 to 22. Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had placed the children of Israel under solemn oath, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. So they took their journey from Succoth and camped in Ethan at the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Notice, just as Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit, likewise God was with the Israelites as a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. And he did not take it, take them, the cloud or the fire from before his people. I just wanted you to notice the parallels. We have all learned the story of the temptation of Jesus, but never drew parallels with the Mosaic law or the wanderings in the wilderness. Jesus beautifully sets to accomplish what God sought to do when he gave the Mosaic law. He identifies with sinful men, went through a humbling period, and went through water baptism, all because he loved us. We hope you are blessed by this study, and do join us in the next episode as we read about Jesus' response.